The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, episode 247. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey, everybody. 247. I think that's the approximate number of threes missed in the garden tonight as Texas Tech took down number 13, Tennessee, 57, 52 in overtime. I'm sure we'll talk about that some, man. How are you? Oh, absolutely. So I looked up and they showed the stat uh, and I had the game on my phone. I was at dinner tonight uh, and it said three point was two of 27. I was like, I don't know if that's tech or Tennessee or combined, but that is God awful. That was Tennessee. Tex was not much better, but it was better. It was better. So we'll talk about Texas Tech winning tonight in the garden, 57-52 over a ranked Tennessee opponent. Bounce back from the game against Providence. Um, you fellas from Providence? <laughs> we'll talk about some uh, Texas Tech coaching staff news. I would say breaking news, but it's, it's now a day old. Um well, there there actually has been uh, an official announcement since we put the notes together. Um, so I'll need to add that in as I'm saying this. Oh, that's right. Um, that was kind of rumored. Yeah. And we'd actually talked about him because anyway, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do the basketball uh, instant reaction of sorts to Tennessee, uh, a wrap up of Providence. Look at the stats. Uh, they're going to be from this afternoon when we started the notes, not after the game. Um, and then look ahead to the schedule. I feel like a lot of people have put these three games together. There's Providence, Tennessee, Gonzaga. But there's a, there's a game in the middle. <laughs> we got a game next Tuesday night to talk about before we get to Gonzaga and Arkansas State. And we'll talk about football. We got a lot of football things to talk about. Which I am certainly okay with. You know I love football. Because um, we got the bowl game announcement. We got some senior game stuff. It's a huge gift, biggest gift ever to the uh, football department. Um, all, all Big 12 team was announced. Recruiting news. Next year's schedule was released. So there's a lot of football to talk about. As well as our, our, our prediction recap. Where yeah, we're finally going to do that this week. <laughs> yeah. what, what our predictions were in August versus where we actually landed. And hey, we actually hit a few of them, uh, but not many. Not many. <laughs> Shocker. If you think, you know, think about us. Um, still trying to get together with Rob to do the one show challenge. I kind of fell apart last week uh, on on part, mainly because of Kyle, um, but also because, because we had some, some overscheduling in the Rogers household and uh, I was on baby duty and I couldn't, couldn't leave to go do this one show challenge. So we're doing that with Rob some point in the future here, hopefully here pretty soon. Um, also with Rob Saturday mornings throughout the rest of the month. And then the first two Saturdays in 
January up to January 8th on Rob Rose College Tailgate Show, 10 to noon Saturday mornings on Talk 1039 FM, 1340 AM, AM 916 San Angelo, and online at kkam.com. We missed you this week, bro. Yeah, so I was... it's not there this week. Um, I I listened online. There, it's it's interesting and funny as as a like not a part of the conversation to hear. Rob's personality is is, is funny, but he gaslights you. He moves the goalpost. <laughs> he plays semantics. It's like Rob is never wrong. Let's just put that up. He's never wrong. Because he'll say something he's like, I didn't say that. <laughs> or he'll be like, no, no, no. I, I said this or I meant this. And you're like, well, that's not what you said. But also you said it 10 minutes ago. I can't remember what he and Kyle got into, but it was, it was like two. He was talking two, about two NFL, NFL players on the, on the, the Baylor roster. Oh yeah. He was like, oh, so Kyle, 10 years ago. NFL talent's important. No, no, no. That's not what I said. It was like, Okay, guys. And there was like, there was a, a, a good like minute where they were both talking at each other over each other. <laughs> but that's, that's the kind of passion and intrigue we bring you guys every, every Saturday morning, 10 to noon. Check it out. Uh, four guys in a small room talking college football. That's it, man. What, what else could Probably you want? talk a little basketball? <laughs> oh, for Still sure. Time in between. So before we, we move on to some breaking news, I, I, I really do like to steal and spoof off of uh, solid verbal. They do great stuff there this year. Um, my bookie picked us back up as a sponsor. Um, you need to check out. Sorry, you need to check out my bookie before you get your wager and set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code sports drink at my boogie. That's promo code sports drink to double your initial deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars. So you won't need to break the bank or the wishbone to come out ahead. Um, bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. So Michael, Yes. As I so eloquently teased. As you always do. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Um, There's been some, some development, some breaking news. Texas tech has hired an offensive coordinator and no, it's not Sonny Cumbie. He's now head coach over at Louisiana tech. Uh, Western Kentucky's offensive coordinator. Zach Kitley. Who's that? Man, he's the new Texas Tech offensive coordinator. Um, was a graduate assistant under Cliff Kingsbury. Helped mold young Patrick Mahomes as he was here. Then he went off. Offensive coordinator there at Houston Baptist, you all know. When they came into town, put up 600 passing yards, nearly beat Texas Tech in Lubbock. And then went on to Western Kentucky improved their offense dramatically in just a year there. It's now coming home to Texas tech. It's the official head dog of the offense. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Pete Christie who had an interesting video of 
like when uh, Joey McGuire first met Wes Kitley saying, hey, I heard, I heard your son's a bit of a rock star. Yeah, man. At the press conference. So who knows? That may have been a little bit of a look into McGuire already kind of thinking about this. You know, we talked a little bit about Kitley last week during the podcast. I, uh, you know, I don't want to say I'm concerned, but I'm s- sort of concerned. I don't want this to be, you know, the Kingsbury. Too- there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. 2.0 where we have number, you know, top five offense and then 125th defense or something. But I feel better about it. I think McGuire is, is defensively minded. And I think he's going to focus on that side of it more. And I've got a little bit of stats to make us feel better later. But there's a couple other announcements. All the way from, I blanked on where Kansas is. Lawrence. All the way from Lawrence, Kansas. Returning as a wide receiver coach and passing game coordinator. That's a different position that I have not seen. Emmett Jones is on his way back. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating with an offensive coordinator such as Zach Kitley that he's got a passing game coordinator? Well, I wonder if it's just because the two of the two of them work together at tech or, and they just know that they're they'd be able to work together, you know, much more than just like offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach. Maybe maybe Jones is getting involved with I don't, routes. Routes to run, I, passing coordinator. That's just new to me. Because um, you would think, I'm interested to see how it goes. You would think with a a a pass first offensive coordinator such as Kitley that he, you know he would hire an offensive line coach or a co OOC to be like the run game coordinator to kind of sure. complement his own skill set. But no, he, he's bringing in Emmett Jones, formerly of Kansas, Texas Tech, and South Oak Cliff High School in Dallas. Wide receiver coach, passing game coordinator. Speaking of offensive line, Stephen Hamby also joining the offensive staff from Wes Kitley's crew out there at Western Kentucky. You shouldn't recognize that name as a former Texas Tech offensive lineman, but the Western Kentucky offensive line has been really good. We talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, the stats indicated that 
their offensive line was really efficient. They gave up very, very few stats. They were effective. Sacks, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. They, they gave up very few sacks. They were very efficient on the ground. They just didn't run very much, but seems like they could have run more if they wanted to. Stephen Hamby coming over the offensive line coach. And then one more name that we've heard so far, Lance Barilow, Barilow, head strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, I think this is his first time to be the head S&C coach. I think he's been involved kind of as an assistant at his stops. He was at Baylor the last year or two, I believe. Um, so, I mean, if McGuire was around him, obviously, so he has a you know, high opinion of him and thinks he'll do a good job. That's fine with me, but it looks like, you know, there's, there's still a lot of guys that we don't know. Um, and one thing I wanted to just kind of throw out there, I, I'm assuming with Emmett Jones coming back to coach wide receivers, unless obviously Joel Filani chooses or takes a different position, I, I guess Filani is leaving, but I haven't seen any official, um, you know, anything official about where Filani's going. Uh, have you seen anything like that? I, I kind of hate to see him go and I'd be, th- you think it would kind of hurt to see, you know, guys like Kitley Jones and Hamby come in and say, okay, Filani will, your services are no longer needed, but it may not be up to them. It may be up to McGuire. Who knows? Well, so it would seem like the three guys you've hired have been direct replacements, right? Like Kitley's coming in for, for Cumby, as offensive coordinator. Emmett mm-hmm. Jones is taking a wide receiver position like you had with Luke Wells. He coached inside receivers and tight ends. And then you've got Stephen Hamby coming in for Stephen Farmer. So like you, there's still space on the offensive staff for both Filani and Smith. I mean, I haven't, Jones. I, haven't, I haven't heard their leaving. Yeah, I, yeah, I said Jones. You said Smith. No, so, so like you've got Jones coming on with Kitley. Um, so maybe Falani goes inside receivers. Yeah. And there, there's there's room. I think uh dang, I think we've lost it too. I think there's a tight end coach. Well, so it was it was gonna be Riley Dodge or Jason Witten. I mean, I, I heard that like Riley Dodge is not coming. Jason Witten was a super fascinating name to me because like talk about the recruiting advantage of one of the best tight ends of this era. Well, right. and in the state, I mean, just the implication yeah. of a former Dallas Cowboy Hall of Famer being on a staff. Uh, yeah, that'd be something else. But yeah, so you haven't heard about Fulani. Um, you'd like to keep him. But yeah, like I said, you haven't heard anything. Defensive side. Josh Cochran. Josh Cochran is coaching tight ends. I was like, I think I saw this before the basketball game. Oh, tight okay. ends coach, Josh Cochran. I did not see that. So that would, yeah, for sure indicate that. Falani's moving on. That's yeah, I think so. Okay, that kind of stinks. I, I mean, it is. It's it's the nature of it. But gosh, I felt I, like our wide receivers were one of the best position groups on the team, aside from like running backs and I don't know who else. I mean, maybe well, the you inside can nit- receivers too. The receivers and the running backs were really good this year. Maybe you can nitpick and say like like some of the biggest con- complaints we had, especially early on about the offense, was how the wide receivers were being utilized. Like it was 
too much Ezokanma, then it was not enough Ezokanma, and then well, the guys couldn't couldn't get open. Um, yeah. So I don't know. the The defensive side, though, still, I would say, a mystery. It's still up for grabs, essentially. Giant question mark at the moment. We did hear that Keith Patterson's moving on to be the head coach at Abilene Christian, so that's kind of cool for him, <laughs> right? Um, the one of the names that you were, we were all super interested. Me especially, Jim Knowles from or from Oklahoma State has been hired by Ryan Day at Ohio State. Um, Good, go, <laughs> yeah, go. Uh, I mean, if if you're not gonna if you're not coach for Texas Tech, I guess just get out of the Big yeah, Twelve. Get out of the Big Twelve. That's so so happy for you, Mister Knowles. Um, and then we heard with the the very strange and very publicly mishandled Miami job, where they they were recruiting, not not recruiting. They were interviewing and uh, wooing Oregon head coach Mario Cristobal to be their new head coach but still had Manny Diaz out on the <laughs> recruiting trail. Um, ended up firing him. Um, but Tim DeRoyter, 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 DC from Oregon uh, has been rumored to have been in the mix for the Texas Tech defensive coordinator job. And that's not the first time his name's come up either. He was down there with uh, Kingsbury at A&M um, at one point. Mm. Well, I, I think that... You know, Patterson, I don't know if he necessarily gets a bad rap or anything, but I, th- I thought he did a pretty fine job, really, considering. I know statistically you look at it and you think, oh, gosh, they they there wasn't a lot of improvement, maybe, depending on which well, metric the, you, you look. But the rush I mean, defense the, had improved greatly. It just seemed like you pulled from one to, to shore up the other. Like their, your run defense was so much better this year. Pass defense was non-existent. Yeah, and I felt good about the the you know the the defensive linemen, the linebackers. I mean that that group was excellent. They were able to, of course, they brought in some guys that were talented, but I do think they quote unquote coached up Colin Schooler. You know, he excelled in that in uh, his position. You know, Creshawn Merriweather did a great job too. Uh, just you know, I I I don't think people are going to look back and and have super bad opinions on Patterson. And what's interesting, he was the last man standing, you know, between him and Yost and Wells, he was the last one still on the staff, but interesting to see him go to Abilene and tech will face them. I think in 2024, or maybe 23, I don't remember, but there's a, got a couple of years. A, yeah. Yeah. There's a two game series against them both in Lubbock, fortunately, because ACU stadium wouldn't hold our student section. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's too bad. So, I mean, I was hoping to have the staff put together by now. Now, of course that obviously would have included Jim Knowles and uh, that kind of thing. You've got some, you know, a defensive position coach in place with Josh Bookbinder. um, And, you know, a bunch on the recruiting and ancillary staff, but, uh, you would really had hoped to to have the entire staff locked down. the The bowl game, which we'll get into a little bit later, um, I just gonna say it now. It's gonna be a shit show <laughs> because Cumbie's coming back next week to help prepare for the bowl game. 
as DeAndre Smith is kind of the interim head coach, the interim interim head coach. Right. Um, Keith Patterson's been hired off. Like, is he going to be here for the bowl game? Um, yeah. Are we going to have anyone to coach the defense during the bowl game? Derek Jones has already left. He's off to Virginia Tech now. You know, I think I did see that Patterson staying. I don't know what made me think. There's going to be nobody left. <laughs> He's gone. Like you have like your your defensive line coach. Um, your like I said, your safeties coach is gone. Uh, Patterson was your linebackers coach. So, uh, and then to top it off, you're going to be facing a an intact staff at Mississippi State, and I don't. I guess we'll we'll, we'll talk about that matchup a little bit tonight, but a lot of bit <laughs> down the road because. Uh, just the X's and O's matchup. Very unfavorable. And this is what the SEC does, right? Like this is the advantage they've got built into the bowl system that they can determine who plays where in their bowl agreements, which is just total shit. But yeah. good for them, right? Like they're doing it right for their teams. Nobody else can do it their way, but that's why you get. Yeah. Anyways. I also have a, a a story, a contact within the Mike Leach family that I interacted with on Twitter this past weekend who also tried to gaslight me. I was like, shut up, dude. <laughs> STFU, GTFO. All right. So before I just totally just get way off base there, let's talk about basketball. There was a, a big game tonight for Texas Tech. Big win. Um as they took down Tennessee. We'll we'll talk about basketball next, Michael. You ready? Yes, I am. Let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. The shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Carlin Edwards. Ready, double into three. Going to put it down. Already. Odiasi. Throw bars it in. Got clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. All right, so Texas Tech tonight in Madison Square Garden defeats the Tennessee Volunteers. Sorry, Mom. 57-52 in overtime. I think I told you all, my mom is a volunteer. She wants Tennessee. <laughs> well, that was, that, that's why I said sorry, Mom. I was like, what happened? No, so my mom grew up in like, a very... Is she over there? Did you did you step on her foot or something? No, no, no. She, uh, she grew up in a small town in Mississippi, grandparents are big fan of LSU. It's where my uncles went. Got another uncle that went to, uh, to Ole Miss. She's just like, I want to get away. So I went up from Miss small town, Mississippi up to Knox Vegas volunteer. we not want to play them in football at this point. Basketball though. It's a fun game. Well, I say fun. I, it was fun to win Michael. 
Um, <laughs> this was a projected loss for you in Haslametrics, and actually the spread got bigger after your game against Providence last week. Tennessee was about a three-point favorite. You end up winning this game by five in overtime, but in overtime, you only scored 57 points. And Michael was pointed out, you scored as almost as many points in overtime as you did in the second half. Yeah, this this game was pretty brutal from start to finish. It was a <laughs> test of your fortitude as basketball fans, and uh, probably not as a tech fan. I think you're going to keep watching no matter what. But if you were a basketball fan, I don't know if you would just you know, hey, I I love Syracuse. I'm just going to watch the end of this game before Syracuse plays Villanova. You probably would have gone, nah. Someone tell me when it starts. Uh, you know, first half was fine, nothing crazy, just, you know, pretty good defense. People were making shots. It was 29-25. Tech was up by four. Tennessee had made a couple of prayers of some shots right before that. Otherwise, Tech might have rolled into halftime up by nine. So I was feeling pretty good, which I knew meant that it could all come crashing down. O'Banner, unfortunately, my dude, my dude had a rough night. He was too for 11 from three kept shooting. Um, I don't know why. I mean, that they wide open. It wouldn't matter from the corner. You know, he'd shot from the same exact place in that corner on the baseline a few times, not hitting. I, I, so I, he go ahead. I was gonna say, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to crap all over the player in the game here. Terrence Shannon, but he was over five from three. Yes. And but he so was also were pretty wild. Clutch yeah. on the free throw line, six of seven, including two in that last what point three seconds. Of course, I think it was him that missed the shot that would have well, kept Tech from going to overtime. That's <laughs> how it his, goes, right? Of his six or seven, he he uh, he missed the one that would have put Tech up by four. But it was it was one of those games that you're just glad to win for whatever reason. Santos Silva only. Played three minutes. He was hardly in. Bacho got a ton of time. He was in there for 26 minutes. Had 11 boards. And only four Uh, points. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he only shot once. Uh, How do you shoot once in 26 minutes as a seven-footer? I don't don't get that. Well, he was playing way outside the basket. Uh, Why? He would only, like, crash on rebounds. I'm not really sure what the thought was there. He he was standing out on the three-point line a lot on offense, but man, it, it was just brutal arms, missed some bad threes. Uh, you know, as bad as O'Banner was, he still had half of Tech's threes, <laughs> two for 11 for him. Uh, Warren and Williams each hit one. So tech was four of 24 from three. And you know, you think that's bad. And then you go over to, to Tennessee. They were six of 40. Ooh, 15%. Yeah. Um, it was just ugly. You know, it's really hard to tell where the good defense starts and the bad shooting ends when it's threes like this because some of them were open. Some of them were no more open than anything else. They weren't super contested. There wasn't anything magic happening. I mean, Tennessee missed out, missed some flat, just wide open ones in overtime and you know the final minutes of the game that Tech's really fortunate they didn't hit. Um, Tech also was able to get more calls. I think they're, you know, tech was playing ahead. So Tennessee was probably playing a little bit more aggressive kind of reverse of what was happening with Providence. So, you know, tech ended up, I think they only committed 
12 fouls. Uh, Tennessee got called for 22. So, Wait, not, a, so not a huge, huge discussion. You know, the refs were letting people play. It was interest. It was just a completely different game from Providence. But gosh, it was ugly, man. Uh, you know, Shannon played well. He Chandler, who is awesome. Chandler is so fun to watch on Tennessee. He played with four fouls for I don't know how long, like all of overtime and the last four or five minutes at least. Just really smart freshman, fast as all get out. Um, still didn't have a great game despite all the praise I just gave him. They only had one minutes. guy on yeah. Tennessee in ten in double digits, and just barely at ten. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, Texas Tech able to play with a little more aggression. They led for 37 and a half minutes of this 45 minute game. Uh, it was tied for about five minutes of the game. Uh, and Tennessee only led for two and a half minutes of the entire game, two and a half minutes. Uh, you mentioned Tennessee got called for 22 fouls. Texas Tech had, we said 12. Yeah. After it got called for what, 30 on Tuesday, last week against Providence? Yeah. It was, um, I think it was 29, but shocker. It's the same team, right? But one night it's twenty nine fouls. One night it's twelve. Well, and to to be fair, it was horrible. I mean, it was like twenty nine versus twenty two in Providence, so it wasn't like right. it was slightly lopsided. But I mean, tonight was more lopsided than in Providence. It was just it, it will. We'll talk about Providence some some more. I mean, probably not a whole lot. But the thing that bothered me the most with that is okay. Yeah, I think it's ugly and it's gross and it's bad basketball to call 50 fouls in a game. I mean, that's just dumb, but it's also not good to not recognize that that's what they're doing and adjust your game and adjust your aggressiveness and maybe don't foul out and maybe be smarter. Our guys were not doing that. You know, Shannon had three fouls like in the first seven minutes or something and he and McCullough were playing with four in the second half. And you've just got to be, if, if that's how they're going to call it, fine. Okay. Just change. Sure. <laughs> Move away from that a little bit. But yeah, it was, ugh, that was awful. But I wanted to get to just a few things. I, yeah. I was in charge of the 23 personnel Twitter account tonight, even though no one told me that. I just made myself in charge of it. Hey, man. <laughs> roll with it. I love it. I knew you were busy. So I was like, ah, Spencer, Spencer, he can't, he can't, uh, stop me. So I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> so right before we recorded, I said, you know, get in your thoughts. Uh, if tech dominated on the defensive end, uh, especially on the boards, I think they had 54 boards on the night. 44 were on the defensive end. Very few times. Let's see. What was it? Uh, that was I want that was something I definitely wanted to look at before we started and forgot. Offensive rebounds, crap. So next thing, how many had 10 offensive, offensive rebounds, rebounds did Tennessee get? They had ten as well. Ten offensive. Yes. So Tennessee had ten offensive rebounds on the night to your forty-four defensive rebounds. Yeah. So when there's that many bricks in the air, there's a lot of boards to get, and Tech was able to grab them. Bacho, as we mentioned, four to one. Where have you heard yeah. that before? Four to one, baby. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Everybody just turn off their, their podcast. By the way, until tonight, Texas Tech had lost 10 overtime games in a row. You know what changed? Mark Adams. There you go. So Bacho 
we were really high on, you know, he had a great game. Um, he had a double, not a double, double, just a double with the 11 <laughs> rebounds. But I sent out a tweet at the end and just kind of wanted to get listeners thoughts and some, so I'm going to roll through some of these. I may not be able to read all of them cause y'all really chimed in and, and, uh, had a lot of great s- stuff, especially some love to Bacho. Uh, Steven Stevens, I've got to read this one. Bacho, Bacho man. I just, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Peter Puente, Bacho has to start. In my opinion, we need a legitimate point guard. Someone has to push Warren to the bench. He's been awful, but subs look bad as well. My so, God, please make some free throws. So on, on that point, Michael, has didn't Malik Wilson play a lot of the point last week against Providence tonight? He only played five minutes. Zero yeah, points. He was, he was hardly in there, never took a shot. Um, I think he might have he fouled and turned the ball over a couple of times. So that probably kept him out, out of the game. Yeah, but in, in five minutes, he had one foul, two turnovers. Yeah. It, uh, it didn't help. <laughs> they, they didn't do that. Um, you know, Williams, as good as he's been, was really just kind of out of his game tonight too. And didn't get to play much because of it. Warren did, did okay, but I mean, I say more that he was, tied with O'Banner and second most points, but some, something was off. I, I don't know what it was and it could have just been Tennessee's defense. I'm hoping that's what it was. Uh, free throws. I wanted to see how we were on free throws. 70% on the night. Seven of 10 tech only shot 10 free throws. Sorry. In well, that can't be right. In overtime. There were 15 to 25 in the game. Yeah. For Wait 60%. I've got game. Why would it do that? I hate how this stat thing works sometimes. Yeah, it's like 10. That doesn't sound right at all. Okay. Uh, a few more. Read a few more through here. Come March, no one will remember how ugly it was when they're seeding the tournament. It goes down as a quality win for Tech. That's yes, by sir. Cali Texan, and he is dead on. Gage Gregory had a couple back-to-back that I'll read with some good stuff here. I want to see this team push tempo at times. The team's super athletic with a deep bench and is starting to play great defense. I just don't understand slowly walking the ball up the court when you couldn't hit anything for most of the game. I'll add that rebounding is probably why they won this game. Every miss they closed out and got the rebound and limited second chance points, which just frustrates me even more because you're getting stops, but then you allowed Tennessee to set up on defense. Yeah. So I, I can, I can get that gauge, you know, getting the rebound, and instead of looking, well, Bacho got so many of them. Bacho has a habit of he doesn't look down court much. He just tries to find the closest guy next to him and say, here, you know, he hands you've, got 90, you've got 90 something feet to go. Um, <laughs> sure. And and that was kind of my MO, too, because even though I'm not very tall, I was a quote unquote big man in high school. It was like, oh, God, don't make me dribble. Don't make me turn and look. Don't make me do anything. Let me just get a rebound and hand it to somebody. And that kind of seems like what Bacho did tonight. Um, But maybe he'll be able to kind of start looking down court some more. And they'll be able to connect on some some, uh, transition offense when they get those boards like that. Let's see. What else we got? Rebounding great. Free throws not so much. Awesome win. Defense did it. Stagnant offense. Tennessee had more open looks than us. Lucky we won. Yeah. Not not going to disagree too much there. Malik Wilson and Bryson Williams have not looked good against better quality teams. Bacho is better than Williams to start, or Bacho over Williams to start. 
Ugly win is better than an ugly loss. So we got that going for us. Absolutely. Bacho player of the game. It's a big win over an excellent opponent. Quells a lot of doubts that arose after the loss to Providence onwards and upwards. And I've got kind of of a rebuttal there saying, not sure it quiets the Providence loss, but many of the issues in that game is why this one was close. But then he goes on to say, but I don't care. It's a quality win. Much more importantly, we know Bacho can play and will give us a shot versus Kansas. I am, yeah, I'm getting, as excited I was about Williams, (laughs) the first couple games, I'm kind of getting that way about Bacho now. And I try not to do that because I, Always favor the big man. It's just always super fun to have a guy that's 6'11 and can kind of throw some people around, get some rebounds. But he did come in. I mean, he he had some really key blocks um, and was smart. He was just really smart. I think he ha- he did end up with three fouls, but in 26 minutes, for as much as he was going for the ball, he was... Uh, really doing a good job of controlling his body and staying it out of, you know, out of the game for being in complete foul trouble there. I was trying to find this other thing. This stat app leaves to be, leaves some to be desired. Okay. Split box. Where does it show the blocks? Can so, you see how many ba- blocks Bacho had? <laughs> Bacho had two of, of Texas Tech six. Okay. So he had a, he had a third of a third of them. We could just say that. But anyway, this was an exciting game. No, it wasn't. It was an exciting finish. The it's second exciting, half was not exciting. Exciting to win the game cuz last yes. week you played Providence it was not exciting. Yeah, and we can dig into that some if you want. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to add to it uh, aside from the, the, let's just let's just say that the, the, the game decision was, making at the end of the game was not my favorite. Yeah, so the game was like you. We touched on a little bit earlier. The game was called fairly tight, as in like oh, yes. like any kind of contact, you were usually going to hear a whistle. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't overwhelmingly in favor of Providence. You said it's only what six or seven throughout the yeah. entire game. And percentage um, wise, you know, out of 50, that's not that many. <laughs> right. I mean, the problems you had is the decision making where you had Terrence Shannon pick up three fairly quickly. Um, and, and the lack of adjustment, like you do want to be aggressive, but with someone with three and four fouls, um, you know, it's still, it's difficult to say, don't drive here, but they didn't, they didn't. They didn't stop Shannon. That's how he, that's how he picked up his third and fourth fouls on uh, on charges. Um, you lose the game last week against Providence, seventy two sixty eight. Your first loss of the season. Going into the game, Providence had been tested before. They had played Wisconsin. They had played Virginia, um, and it was your first time out of out of Lubbock, except for the the trip down to. South Padre Island, but you didn't play anybody really down there. So it was your first, I mean, it was your first true road game. Um, you looked a little rattled at times. Uh, they led, um, I, I, it felt like they led for most of the game. Now what, what happened is you, you actually got up to a, a 13 or 14 point lead in the first half. Yeah. That hurt too. And then Providence just like whittled it away. And like, 
you just, you saw it happening. You felt it happening. Um, there was just bad shots. Um, I was listening to, to the gambling gauchos. They were, they were recording one episode as they were watching the game. And when oh, I knew what was coming and what was interesting is like, we all thought it, but like in hindsight, when Shannon hit that, like, you know, you know, three point from the half court logo, you're like, what a shot. And then he takes the same shot and misses it. What the f- is he thinking? <laughs> it's like, it's the exact same shot. Like we, we, we praised him. We were seeing his glories when he made it. We're like, what the F is, is going on when he misses it. Um, I mean, I, I hated the shot, but I love the make. So I like, I, I have a hard time going back on him. Cause like the dude just, just, just made that same shot. Um, but yeah, so you all know, I like to, to hate on, on officials. I, I hated the way the game was called frustrated that, um, it didn't seem like there were, there were, you know, significant adjustments to the way the game was being called. Um, Malik Wilson, like, like I mentioned earlier, he played 25 minutes against Providence and only went five tonight. He only had four points in those 25 minutes. It's not like he was a huge contributor, but he was he's on the floor a lot. Um, Adonis Arms had 28 minutes. Bryson Williams, 27. Davion Warren, like there was a big shift in the minutes that got played tonight. Huge, yeah. Um, Marco Santos Silva, 19 minutes. Uh, Nadolny only had a few seconds tonight or last week, but oh man, my man Nadolny air airballed a free throw tonight. Oh gosh. Did you see that? I I, I missed that one. Oh my God. Um this it was such a weird game. It was just so bad offensively. They did you see the the replay of I forget which Tennessee player it was. He had a wide open breakaway dunk after a steal and it was like he jumped off of his left leg you know, to go up for the dunk and his, his leg just kind of gave out, just did something weird. And he ended up just kind of throwing the ball out of bounds. <laughs> was, no, I'm, I, I can't even explain one. what happened. It was one of those things where, you, you know, it probably happens to you, but never when you're never, when you're trying to go for a <laughs> break away dunk open, in a yeah. D1 game. Yeah. Yeah. It probably happens to you. Like while you're carrying the groceries, your knee just kind of gives out or whatever. Like, Oh, that was weird. Just kind of like, yeah. Um, now, like, like I said earlier, the 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 advanced metrics uh, these are from before tonight's game. You had uh, you had taken quite a bit of hit, quite a bit of a hit in the overall rankings from Ken Palm. You dropped eight spots to nineteenth. Uh, offense took a step back one spot to twenty third. Um, surprisingly, the opponent's defense changed not a spot after playing Providence. Three hundred fifty eighth. Still, your adjusted defense according to Ken Palm up to 18th. It's a couple spots up. Uh, then Haslametrics, you remained at 26th. Uh, your offensive efficiency dropped to 21st. That was a 10-spot drop. Eight-spot drop for defense to 34th. Um, again, you, you remain the same, but you, you had a big drop-off in both offense and defense there. Providence uh, in was Haslametrics is 29th. So it was a you know after the game at least. Um, two fairly evenly matched teams. You played on the road, so you know yeah. they, they they get that that little bit of a a boost there. Um, 
Yeah, Providence was one we were concerned with. That and I don't, I don't want to, I don't wanna be like the moral victory guy, like, like Chris Beard. Like you're still going to learn something from this game, but like you do want to get this kind of experience in before. Like I, I don't want to say the games really matter, but like your conference record really matters. Um, it, it's fun that these almost exhibition games, but like they actually mean something. Like you get to play teams that you wouldn't normally play unless you meet them in the tournament. Uh, like a Providence or a Tennessee or a Gonzaga next week. Um, but you want to get that kind of under your belt, ready to go tuned up before you start big 12 play. Cause you're going to see, you're going to see everybody twice. Um, so next week, next Tuesday night, Arkansas state, you're back at home. Uh, they are according to Hasmetrics, the number two fifty six team in the country. It is a 21 point projected win. Again, you just want to kind of, you want to take care of business. You want to kind of figure out your rotations. Like who's, who's really going to be in this rotation is, is Malik Wilson going to, going to play some minutes. Bryson Williams, like what's his role going to be? Is Bacho going to step up and be a starter here in his place? Um, you got that. And then next Saturday, the 18th, going to Phoenix to take on Gonzaga there. So, so far Gonzaga is seven and two on the season. Michael, I looked mm-hmm. at I looked at their uh their schedule. Besides their two losses, I've heard of nobody they've played. Texas. Well, okay, so they they did win the Texas game. They lost to Duke, they lost to Alabama. But did you like have you looked at their schedule? No, is it pretty Here, I'm 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 looking up really quickly. Or just as fast as I can. Um Oh, while you're doing that, I wanted to mention, do you, do you think, I mean, this game against Arkansas State, I don't want to overlook people or whatever, and you mentioned it, but do you think that Adams will change the lineup or do you, you know, or is it just a possibility? I, I mean, I, I would, I, I kind of think I'm going to lean on and just say that I think he will. I think the lineup will be different. I think he likes to tinker. Than it was tonight. Yeah. yeah he likes to tinker. So I'd be surprised if O'Banner starts. I, I don't know. I, he, he's had a couple of rough games. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot. And and I think um, Wilson has more of a chance to kind of bounce back at this point than O'Banner. If O'Banner's threes aren't falling, then there's not a lot that he can do. It seems like at least the yeah. way they're playing him, if they're not going to get him inside and give him some touches inside more, if, if he's, if his, point is to be on the team and shoot threes. Uh, he's got to make them. So, so where were you on Gonzaga's schedule? Sorry, man. No, you're good. So they, they they've listed, uh, it looks like their, their fall exhibitions. Uh, one was like their, their spring game for, for basketball numerica craziness in the kennel. It's a 38, 38 tie listed on their, on their record. They had two exhibitions, Eastern Oregon and Lewis and Clark state. Then they play Dixie State. They play Texas, like you mentioned, Alcorn State, Bellarmine, Central Michigan, I've heard of, UCLA, I've heard of. They beat they beat number two UCLA by 20. That's an impressive win. They beat uh number five Texas um there at home by 12. Yeah, and that was over at halftime. Yeah. They they lost in Las Vegas to number five or six Duke by three. Tarleton State, so I, I've heard of them. Did you see the score of that that game, Michael? Mm. 
They won against Charlton State by nine. Well, I so wonder if they didn't you're play. You're talking their, me into. You're talking me into telling me there's a chance. Well, there is, but like they beat the number two team by twenty. Um, they they lost by three against number five and six Duke. They came back uh, and beat the number sixteen team Alabama by by nine. Then their their schedule until they they come to play or before they come down to to Phoenix to play Texas Tech, Merrimack, Washington, and then Texas Tech. So it's not as the the schedule I guess isn't as wasn't as ridiculous as I initially probably portrayed it because they they did they did mark the Eastern Oregon as exhibition and Lewis and Clark as exhibition. I thought it was yes, interesting. It is. They, they, Lewis they, and Clark is exhibition in every sense of the word. <laughs> Lewis and Clark State. They they listed that on their their official schedule. Like you don't you don't see the exhibitions for Texas Tech on the schedule or their their uh, midnight madness. Yeah, I'm really surprised they're playing uh, an old Civil War ship as well. I didn't know they had a basketball team. Yeah. Um, did you get that reference? I Sick did. reference, bro. The Merrimack. I got you. Yeah, there it is. I got you. Anyway, so th- that was going to be interesting. The I think the biggest thing everybody's looking at is um, one. Greg Timmy is still on that roster. I don't know how. And then that uh, all-world five-star center, seven-foot Chet Holmgren. Uh, it's going to be a handful. Yeah, Timmy, he had a career day against Chris Beard's Texas Longhorns. You hate to see it. I, I think he had 26 it. points or something, which surprised me. You feel like he'd have more than that. And who knows, he may has he may have since then. I have not really kept up with Gonzaga, but I did watch some of that game. It was just kind of on at a good time one night at the end of some football games. And I just kind of wanted to see what Gonzaga looked like and see what uh, – See what uh you know all them old Longhorns look like, but they, yeah, I mean they could be it could be winnable. I I did not really feel that way heading into it. I didn't feel that way after Providence. I feel more likely after tonight, but we'll just see. Uh, I, either way, I think it'll be a good game. Um, and it's it's neutral, right? Is that in Arizona? Yeah, Phoenix. You've got it right there. And I think that plays to Tech's advantage. Like tonight, you know, Providence was. That was awesome. That was, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm drifting into moral victory territory, but man, that was awesome to go to a, an environment like that. That looks like a really cool place to watch a basketball game. The dunk, the Duncan center, um, yeah. fans were there. The students were there. It was loud. It was everything you wanted. It was everything you'd wanted and great atmosphere. I'm glad they got to experience it. Um, but the garden tonight was just kind of, you know, it's kind of crickets. You heard a Raider power at the last five seconds there, but that was about it. People started trickling in a little bit more. I, I don't know. I hear there's traffic in New York, the greatest city in the world, but I hear there's traffic. So maybe that's part of it. People don't have cars. Wait, wrong city. I think I did a <laughs> Boston thing. Okay. So before we get to, we've got some more football news, believe it or not, because we love talking about football still. We've got some bad pre- uh, predictions that we did. So bad. Uh, so bad. <laughs> but we got some good ones. Anyway, um, I'd like to remind you guys about Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Uh, we had a good time doing instant reactions this 
year following all of Tech's football games. And we plan on doing one, I'm sure, after the bowl game and possibly after Gonzaga. Just kind of have to see how that goes. You know, probably probably some of these big ticket basketball games. Anyway, uh, so we'll be hosting them here and there. So the way that you know when we will host them is that you need to follow me, Michael McDonald, or Spencer Rogers. You really need to follow Spencer over there because he's the one that always gets the channel going, gets things up and running. And if you're logged in and he starts the group, you will get notified when we go live. And when we do, bring those spicy takes. Yeah, going back to... Spotify green for a second. We will be doing some of those more for uh, the Saturday games uh, for basketball. We're going to do our instant reactions because they're going to be usually Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Yeah. Unless it's a big Wednesday night game or a big Monday night game. We're going to, we're going to keep everything on the normal podcast episode on Tuesdays. And then uh, probably during conference play, uh, but we'll definitely do one probably for, for Gonzaga, especially if they win. Uh, we'll do those over on Saturdays over on Spotify green room. Um, symbol, you guys know as a new sponsor with us, it's symbol S I M B U L L is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge on its symbol. You can trade sports teams like stocks. And every time your teams win, you earn cash, use your sports knowledge on symbol to buy low, sell high and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the more than 7,000 early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use a promo code SD as in sports drink to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com and use a promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams today. It's not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial pos- deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Gosh, that was good. That's some good ad reading. That was the best. I had my microphone turned down there. It was oh, so you still good. sounded great. So Velvety good. smooth, just butter. All right. So with that, Michael, let's uh, let's jump into some football. Talk about our season recap quickly. Look at our our new offensive coordinator. Everybody's gonna everybody's everybody's gonna love bringing the air raid back, right? Air raid. <laughs> we talk about the bowl game. Talk about the some seniors going on to play. The biggest gift donation in Texas Tech history. Tech Tech football history, including the football field getting a new name, the Big 12 team, recruiting news, and the schedule. We got a lot to get through. Let's start it now. So I just sent this tweet to Michael. Michael. How'd you, where'd you send it? 
in our our group DM. Oh, okay. All right, hang on. I'm getting over there. This feels um. There have been a lot of forced <sighs> takes on Twitter <sighs> tonight. We tonight's no no different. Texas Longhorn head coach Chris Beard tweeted congratulations to Mark Adams for beating a what 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 did he call it? What did he say? Talented great high level win Tennessee team. Versus yeah. a talented high level Tennessee team. Are you missing us or like that's a weird thing to say, man. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't get it. I don't get Go it either. Your own team, he's he's had like this big wall of silence this whole time, and all of a sudden, it's it's weird. I don't know, man. Too little, too late, bro. You're still recruiting against us every single day. Yeah, don't care. All right, let's look at our season prediction recap. Um, we'll just start right here. Do you want to go alphabetically, Michael, as you have it listed on the table? Might as well. Was that? Right? I don't even know how I did. I guess I did do it alphabetically. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. You even color coded the table. It's beautiful. I love it. Thanks. With like, I feel really proud of this. <laughs> All right, Baylor's I, I, up first. I, I made um, I made pace with my enter big game boomer. Well, I love it. Um, Baylor is probably our Ooh. biggest miss, and we'll just That's start a big woof. <laughs> I predicted because I knew nothing about Dave Aranda, Aranda, Jeff Grimes. We didn't even know how to say his name. Ben Roberts, Ron Roberts, whoever their defensive coordinator is. <laughs> is he predicting the weather? Is he calling defense down there in Waco? Who knows? I said three and nine. Whoa. Now, in, 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 in my defense, they were coming off of a two win season last year. So going from two wins to 11 is definitely outside of the statistical norm for year to year improvement. Well, I said, yeah, three I, nine. I had, I had it way up there. I was like, man, these guys are, they're going to come off that season. They're going to double their wins and go four and eight. And fellas, y'all know how that went. They went 11 and two. So yeah, we, we whiffed pretty hard on that one. We also whiffed pretty hard on the next one. Well, but before we move on to Iowa State, Baylor's got to be one of the only teams in history to go from a two or one win season to double digit wins as quickly as they did twice. Twice. They twice. did it like twice in, in, in five in like years. Like a six year span. They've gone from I think they won two wins, right? They were they won one in rules first year. I'm pretty sure that's right. Or was it Grobe's year? probably grobe and then rule i don't know anyways to do that twice to go from low single like obviously single digits but like one two or three wins no grobe grobe they made a bowl game so they 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 went seven and six and rule (laughs) took them one and eleven one and eleven and six then eleven and three and then last year they went two and seven to bounce back to 11 and two. So obviously the, the two and seven last year was a little bit uh, would be the outlier there uh, to have a two and seven year sandwich between two 11 win seasons. Yeah. That's and wild. you know, last year was weird for everybody. COVID year, blah, blah, bloop. Speaking of 11 wins, I had Iowa state going <laughs> 11 and one, Michael, how uh, this, 
preseason seemed like this was going to be their year. And that's what a lot of people said about Matt Campbell and, and uh, the hit he took in the coaching carousel and just his, his coaching stock. Everybody thought this was going to be their year, right? Like we all thought they were going to, going to be them and Oklahoma clashing for the, the, the conference title 11 and one. I had them. You said 10 and two, they went seven and five. And they lost to our Red Raiders, yeah, which did. I don't think either of us predicted preseason. No, I love it though. Kansas, we were pretty close. We both said eleven and or one and eleven. They went two and ten with the uh, the mighty mighty upset in Austin. Oh, Otherwise, we were beautiful. spot on. Uh, speaking of spot on, Kansas State seven and fives across the board. Me, you, and reality. Such as who they are, and they're also like now trying to figure out what kind of offense they want to run. Matt Wells was thrown out there as a possible offensive coordinator. I don't think that's where they're going. They are going to have uh, Charlie Klein. Charlie Klein. What's his name? Is it Charlie? No. What, what is the last Colin name? Colin Klein. Colin Klein. Oh, okay. Be their interim offensive coordinator uh, oh. going into the bowl game. And he, he's been on their staff for a little while. Oklahoma, we were just a little bit off. We both had him going undefeated 12-0. They had some some quarterback turmoil Spencer Rattler Caleb Williams are both uber talented players right uh defensively did not see them struggling the way they did especially with Alex Grinch having been there for a couple of years now and I say struggling they went 10 and 2 right like I'm not yeah poor Oklahoma they only won 10 games um oh and just did you see all the outpouring of a week well actually Oklahoma has regressed ever since Lincoln Riley left it was just all a bunch of well you know we just really haven't been happy with his progress he's I think I even saw someone say something yeah he ran out of Bob's players and you're like that was seven years ago <laughs> it's was it, it that long reminds me of that, six. Uh, of that Dr. Pepper commercial where they they're standing there in front of the transfer portal and they're 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 like their star player like like waiting in the wings like this is my time I'm transferring he's like no wait you gotta and then he enters the transfer portal like well I don't see much in him anyways yeah like, yeah, well, like once it. he was gone he's like ah, pff, he wasn't any good yeah that's exactly what it was Oklahoma yeah, yeah. Venables that's 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 what we need okay so because you mentioned it I know that like it makes total sense right like he was a big time part of that their their success in the two thousands under Bob Stoops. And maybe it's because I've just been led to believe so much that he just didn't want to be a head coach. But like when the Oklahoma job opened up, I was like, who are they going to get? Like nobody out there right now from an outsider really would be an exciting hire. Like, or one that you'd be like, man, I I love that. They have got confidence in that. They're going to, going to continue from where Lincoln Riley was and, and build it better. Brent Venables could do that. Maybe, I don't know. I just was like, that kind of felt like the easy answer. I don't know. Yeah. Oklahoma state eight and four between you and me, Michael, between you and I actual 11 and two, that defense, man, definitely helped secure those extra three wins. Yeah. I wasn't counting on their defense being that great. They just always, I mean, they're, it's a good program. We, we don't like to admit it, but good program. we kill to have Oklahoma state's program under Gundy. Yeah, because uh, we talked about it going into the Oklahoma State preview week. Um, going back to 2000, they had like seven, 10 plus win seasons. Yeah. So in 11 and, and years, they've gone 10 wins or more seven times. And they were probably about, 
a, a thumb length away oh from gosh. a Big 12 championship and a playoff berth this year. I mean, I'm, I know that's going to be frustrating. I don't care. I don't, I'm not rooting for them, whatever. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, that would be frustrating. But man, to have an 11 win season, yeah, I'll take it. 11 with the potential, the, the, Potential to win 12. They could still win their bowl game. Get 12 wins. Could win 12. It's, Texas Tech has never won 12 games in football, in a football season. No, the one year Ever. we won 11 games, we lost a bowl game in yeah. humiliating fashion. TCU, 5-7. and seven. From me, from you, from reality. Love it. Nailed it. Yep. UT, we weren't like so far off in terms of wins, but like they looked bad at times this year. Like, I had them going eight and four. You said seven and five. That's that's obviously underperforming to to Texas standards. They went five and seven. Well, even my seven to five, I knew that I had done some haterade calculations in there, and I had given them a couple more losses than, but just because I was, I don't like them. So even that, I was still surprised that they finished five and seven. I just didn't really I, the seven and five. I thought, man, if they if they Finish seven and five. Okay, so be it. But I didn't think they'd go lower than that. I thought seven and five was about as low as they could get. Yeah. We're going to skip Gosh. Texas Tech just for a second. Go to West Virginia. We were really close here. Uh, as close as any other team besides Kansas State and TC where we nailed it. We both said five and seven for West Virginia. They came up and won six games. So we were just one off there. Good for Neil Brown, I guess. Texas yeah. Tech, though. I, I, I don't, I don't. I don't feel bad about this prediction. I, I said it earlier, like I can revisit history, see a way that you would have won eight games. I see like you could have also won five or four games this year. Um, but I, I had Texas Tech going eight and four. I felt like, I feel like you were just a few plays away from having that happen, right? Like had, um, well, like it's, it's going to be changing individual plays and individual games and have that be isolated from the rest of the season, right? Like had you won the Kansas state game, would you have still done the rest of the season the way you did? I don't know, but that personal foul on third and 34. <laughs> You've seen that dominoes fall meme. Yeah. I, <laughs> the, the, the smallest domino of, of the first down given up on third and 34 all the way to Joey McGuire and Wes Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Tech. All the way to Sonny Cumbie is the new head coach at Louisiana tech. Yeah. What? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. So I had him eight and a, four. That was a good one. Michael, a little bit more, more, uh, more closer to reality at seven and five Texas tech ends at six and six. Yeah. I, I forget where it, um, I forget where I differed. It doesn't really matter. I, I do think, I think I had tech beaten TCU. That might've been one of it. See, and that's and a game I did that not like, have them beating Kansas State, but then I do think I had them beating. Uh, I mean, sorry, I did not have Tech beating Iowa State, but I think I did have them beating um, Kansas State, just because I felt like it was time, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I, I think I had it. I had a split between Oklahoma State and Iowa State, which we did. I had a win versus Kansas State, and I think it was. Uh, Maybe it was Texas that I had to go you know, against. You know what else? I'm, or Houston. I'm almost positive I had Baylor because I was so oh, low yes, on Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. We probably both had Baylor penciled in as wins. And Oops. you weren't that far off from beating Baylor either. You like, no. You had a field goal as time expired to send it to overtime. 
Um, and I don't, I don't like Texas. I didn't like Texas Tech's chances this season in overtime. Um, but you, you had a shot there to, to send it to overtime. And then Kansas state, I think without that third and third, third and 34 conversion, I mean, you're just a couple of plays away from legitimately having a shot at eight wins a season. So, which I think so, also fuels the, what is Texas tech doing? Firing a head coach. They're so close. Anyways. Yeah. Well, up, I've got Pratt. a little bit of Kitley data. Love to hear it. Let's hear it. I'm not, I'm not going to go too, too much into this. If you go to our post on stakingtheplains.com, you can see more, or you can go to bcftoys.com and look it up yourself. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. I'm not sure why it's called this, but anyway, uh, this is a stat that I hadn't really considered much till Kyle with our buddies at the gambling gauchos mentioned a few times and that's points per drive. So I dug these up a little bit. This does not include oddly enough, whoever, whoever runs BCF toys, this was the best place I could find the stat. So grain of salt, everybody, but they did not include the last regular season game. Um, or, Oh, no, I think it does include the last – no, not everyone's last regular season game because at the at the time he did this, Tech was 5-6 and six, and Western Kentucky was 7-5. and five. So it definitely doesn't include any conference championships either. But what this is is a points-per-drive comparison, and it's just what it sounds like. You know, how many points does your offense score per drive? How many points does your defense allow per drive? And then what is the net points-per-drive? What is the difference? Uh, Western Kentucky came in at 19th this last year, meaning that they their offense allowed or they scored 3.38 points per drive, which was good for fifth in the country. Um, you know, medium drives, they were good for second in the country, 3.23. They were good for 10th in the country for short drives. Um, their defense was 83rd in allowing 2.42 points per drive. So that gave them a net 0.96 points per drive, which is good. So anytime, if you're just looking at a drive summary of this game, they had a a better chance to win because uh, of that 0.96 net. So that had them at 19th and their offense was fifth. Their defense was 83rd. Texas Tech quite a bit further down this list. Tech, Texas Tech was 88th overall with a net negative 0.36 points per drive. Their uh, offense was 29th. Kentucky's was 5th. Western Kentucky's was 5th. Um, their, our defense was 116th. And WKZU's was 83rd. I'm just kind of trying to quell my fears a little bit about this potential to have, you know, a lot of three and outs or, um, you know, just handing the ball back to the other team, the defense just being completely gassed before the second quarter is over. You know, WKU was able to hold, you know, their defense allowed 2.42 points per drive, whereas Texas Tech's defense allowed 3.04 and that they Western Kentucky's defense was able to do that with the type of offense that Kitley is running. 
And so that gives me a little bit of hope there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I didn't realize tech was so far down on points per points per drive, you know, 29th in the country on points per drive versus West, Western Kentucky being fifth. That's not great. I, I would almost say that even in some of Kingsbury's best years, I don't know if they were ever that high on points per drive because there were a lot of, well, his years without Mahomes, I'll say. I don't know if their points per drive were, were ever really that high. I just felt like it was a lot of three and outs. It was a lot of minute and a half goes off the clock and your defense is back out there for another seven minutes. But anyway, I know that was a lot of numbers, but it was well, kind of interesting to see that. I have more numbers for you, Michael. It's just more support for you. Um, so these are from the offensive Freemo, Freemio, Freemo. Efficiency. We're finding some great websites. Well, no, this we, is O N P I. This is this is like a legitimate site. It just I can't pronounce this dude's name. Oh, okay. um, so the offensive efficiency rating represents a per pet, per possession scoring advantage each offense would be expected to have on a neutral field against an average opponent. Their their uh, advantage there was ranked sixth in the country, whereas Texas Tech's thirty sixth. Um. You mentioned the the points per drive, offensive points per drive, sixth in the country. Texas Tech was 32nd. Um, offensive drive efficiency is a scoring value gained or lost per offensive drive. Um, what is that? ODE on this. Yeah, that was sixth in the country. Um, offensive available yards percentage is drive yards gained divided by drive yards available based on starting field position. So they were saying, if you start on the 20, you've got 80 yards ahead of you. How much of those 80 yards are you getting on your drive versus like, if you get the ball to 10 every time and you go 10 yards and score total offense is way down because you're only picking up 10 yards, right? Um, they were second in the country for picking up available yards. Ah. Um, Offensive yards per play is obviously offensive yards gained per offensive play. Uh, They were fifth in the country. Touchdown rate. They were seventh in the country. Um, First down rate is percentage of drives that earn at least one first down. So going back to your point of not having a three and out. Yes. uh, First down rate. They were 11th in the country. Texas Tech, 72nd. God, it felt like that. <laughs> Got to make sense. So. Sure, we could go into level of competition, all that kind of stuff. Well, this so is this is there supposed might to be, be an adjustment. It's supposed to be balanced for that. Okay, okay. So, so it, as much as was, I was, he was just he was just the name that everyone has been saying since the Houston Baptist game, and so I don't want to be the guy that's you know poo poo's it just because well someone else is everybody's been saying it for two years. I'm tired of hearing it, but it's just kind of, it, it does. I, I don't want it to turn into what we saw under, you know, the last couple of years of, of Kingsbury's tenure. Yeah. And, and I, I, I was the same way. I was like, we can't, we can't be all excited because somebody put up 600 passing yards. Like that's just whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Excuse me. But we saw through these stats and just all these things he's able to do he's been able to do with his offense and have it be opponent adjusted to be one of the best offensive coordinators out there. And essentially mm-hmm. year two of being an offensive coordinator. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. I mean, 
there's going to be a lot of a, a lot of passing, and I'm okay with that. I, like I, I I want it to be complimentary enough that like we're not just burning our defense out there. But I think it's complimentary if you score. <laughs> I think that's. But you also saw they were. Get at. Yeah, if if you're if you're scoring in three minutes or something, I, I think that's. Yeah, it puts your defense back out there, but you didn't put them back out there after three and out. Yeah. So they were some of the best in the country at not going three and out and getting at least a first down there. There's another uh, statistic called um, what is it? Offensive, no busted drive rate percentage of offensive drives that gained zero or negative yards. They were 17th in the country for that. Texas tech 58th. So like everything, everything is better. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Than Texas tech here. All right. So he's, here. He's going to be a success. Never doubted it. Always wanted him here. Or Let's coming go. here. Let's go, Coach Kitley. Yeah. Uh, really excited about that. Um, okay, so with that, with all of the the coaching changes we, we mentioned, I can't confidently tell you now, Michael, who is supposed to be in that football training facility from a coaching staff perspective any given day, like. I know that Sonny Cumbie's not going to be there for another week or so because he's fixing stuff, setting stuff up over there at Louisiana Tech. Correct. But like, Joey McGuire over there? Is uh, he's he's all over the state. Zach Kitley going to be there? Like, when, when is he coming? Is he going to coach their bowl game? I would think he would coach theirs. Emmett Jones doesn't have a bowl game, so he, he's going to come down probably pretty immediately. Stephen Hamby. It, and I did confirm, I think it was during one of the intro musics and I, I sent it to you, but Patterson will be on the sidelines in Memphis. Uh, Don Williams did confirm that. I thought I'd seen that. Yeah, so, so it was like with all the guys. Patterson's possibly around, but I mean, you know, Lub- Lubbock's only a couple hours away from Abilene. He might be back and forth. I mean, that's very plausible. And all this while you're trying to, trying to prepare for a bowl game and a bowl game that I absolutely hate the matchup. I'm just, well, Deandre Smith's your constant. He's, he's been there this whole time. So he's probably taking right. him, and, and taking is, them through as much as he can. This is I'm, having said all that. I'm not trying to say like that. I have no confidence in Smith's ability as a coach. I just think like you're going up against a it's team a lot to ask that has zero of these distractions or changes or anything like that going on. Whereas right now you've got coaches coming and going like your, your staff is changing on a daily basis. Like who is going to be here to coach a game in three weeks on the 28th? Yeah. Against a team that is set up and you, the matchup was set purposefully to be or to have the greatest advantage against your, your weakest spot on the team, right? You can't reliably cover the pass, create pressure, force turnovers through the air. And who are you playing? A Mike Leach. Mississippi. Do you know State. he coached here? I did. Okay. So l- let me tell you about that, that quick experience I had this weekend. Um, as they were, they were announcing the matchups. One of the Mississippi state media members were like, this is an intriguing matchup. And if you don't know what you, you should, you should do a little research. I had a friend former friend, call, not a colleague, <laughs> contact. Well, I mean, I, I considered him, a, 
a friend, but at the time, like he was several years older than I was. And we just like, we were, we spent time together. We weren't like friends. Um, he's actually married to one of Mike's daughters. So like standing for old man, I understand that. Anyways, he replied to that tweet from the Mississippi state media member who said, if you don't know some of the, the history and why this is going to be an intriguing matchup, do some research. Essentially this guy replies just a number 2,300,000. And I was like, well, no, he was paid his base salary, which he was owed. Sure. He was, according to Texas Tech, and, and from, from I don't want to wade too deep into that, he was fired with cause, which means he forfeits the rest of his incentivized salary, which is how a lot of these salaries are built. You saw McGuire's salary. Like, there's a base salary, and then there's like 90% that's tacked on top of it. So basically, Mike Leach was paid $300,000 for 2009, and his 1.6 or whatever that was left over, or 1.5, was essentially forfeited as he was fired for cause by the university to get to that 2.3. He's also including the $800,000 bonus that Mike Leach would have been due. Had he been the coach on December 31st, when was he fired December 30th? You don't get a retention bonus for being the head coach on December 31st. If you were fired on December 30th, I, this is simple math. I do not understand how people don't understand. You don't get, you don't get a bonus, a scheduled bonus on a day that you are not, you are no longer working. If I get fired tomorrow, I am not eligible for a merit raise in two months. No. Pay the man. Pay. You did pay him. You paid him everything you owed him. And then he, sorry, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to censor this. My, my boys are asleep. Wife's in the other room. Pay the man. Lift the curse. One, there's no curse. You Curses made some, you made some terrible decision. Your the worst decision from the off season between 2009, 2010 was not retaining Ruffin McNeil and Lincoln Riley. Fight me on that. Catch these hands. <laughs> it was not for firing Mike Leach. Like it had, he was not fired for the interaction with Adam James. He was fired for telling his boss to F himself. You can't do that and get away with it. The story is they wanted an apology and Mike said, screw you for somebody that works yeah. in PR. Like I understand the value of an apology, even if you don't hundred percent believe in it, it saves everybody's butt. CYA. We love that. We're super risk adverse in the, the PR department. Hey, I'm an engineer. Same. We see why okay, so, all day. <laughs> so then Okay, so I, I I replied to to this guy and said, "Hey, like he, you got you got to quit throwing that number." I love how it keeps getting bigger and bigger because at first it was like he's just do his eight hundred thousand. He was what a slimy thing Tech did to fire him before. It's like they saved themselves over a million dollars by processing his paperwork a day sooner. Like they had made made the decision to fire him. Why would they wait a day to when they would be like, "Well, we're going to fire you." We also waited too long. We're going to pay you $800,000 because we just couldn't get our, our shit in line at the time. No, well, it's like, it's like canceling your HBO max subscription the day after the day after you renewed or yeah. the day after you paid for the next month. Yeah. Oh, I got my free week. 
Oh, it's day eight. Now I'm going to cancel it. Newsflash, you just paid for the next month. (laughs) Yeah. So you can't use it because we've deleted your password. So, so, so I, I told him, I like, okay, one, like he was paid everything he was owed. He was fired with a cause. You don't get a retention ban- bonus for not being retained, blah, blah, blah. And then he comes back with like, you seem awfully defensive. You're, you're just, you're, you're putting your own, your own interpretation in, into what I said. I was like, you know what? You're right. What else could $2,300,000 mean from the son-in-law of a Mike, of, of a, a coach that has been, filing lawsuits for that exact amount against Texas tech. <laughs> what else could it mean? What's that? Is it, maybe it's a new lady Gaga song. Maybe it's give me 2.3 million reasons. 2.3 million. That doesn't work. It's not quite, doesn't quite flow as well. Speaking of millions. Anyways, it's, it's so hard to take, you know, any of this seriously when the dude has made, I think, it's if it's not 20, it's $25 million since he left Texas tech from a job at which he told his boss to F off and got fired, took a little, you know, took a, a year or two to find himself on XM radio and down in key West. Like the dude was key a, West, bomb wrote a book. It. I bought the book, you know, I, Swing I your was sword, a guy you got it? because, because Tommy Turberville was not someone that was immediately likable. And I was a guy that did have like, I had a Washington state koozie. I was like, yeah, go Cougs, man. Um, so, and I did, I watched, I watched Leach's team when he got a new job. I was, I was happy for him. I still thought it was like, I still thought he did it to himself, but I I did still like to blame Adam James and Craig James and all them a lot. They, Um, they certainly fan the fire. I I don't disagree with that. Yeah, they, so they created this scenario, or they 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 enlarged the scenario, put a spotlight on it. Sure. So he had a fan in me for probably his first couple of years at Washington State, basically till Kingsbury was hired, and I, I didn't feel, you know, I felt so much more connected to Tech than I did before when Tuberville was there, and so it was probably then where I really started completely almost go against him. And then the, the lawsuits came around and that Dulcifino guy came around oh, and gosh, what a douchebag. all that, all that crap started coming around the billboards in Lubbock, Texas saying to pay the pirate, get out of here with that shit. Don't, don't come on, you know, start talking about candy corn and being all folksy and whimsy and, and, and trying to win people over when you also still are actively suing my school and I'm supposed to just be like, well, you know, I sure hope Mike Leach puts up 55 on him. No, I hope he loses by a hundred. Why would you, why would you want anything else to happen? Why would you want this to be close? It should be, you would want it to, you want it to be a bloodbath. You don't want to leave any stone unturned. You don't want to open up that door. That's going to open anyway. Where you know if if tech loses forty two to seventeen, well you know that just shows you it just shows you what a mistake that was. Shut up! That was I, twelve years ago. Dreading hearing that from. Uh, I I don't I don't want to I don't want to turn on our own fan base, but like <laughs> I am not ready to deal with those kind of takes. The discourse is not. It's it's. I, I may just be be off of the Twitter on those days because I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I, I can't do it anymore. 
I can't do it anymore. I was kind of with, with it the first few years. Cause it was fun. And I felt like he did kind of get, um, you know, Oh, I don't want to say a bad deal, but he was, uh, I don't know. His hand was just kind of forced a little bit. And then of course, when you say something like that to your boss and all the other stuff he did and refused to comply and whatnot, that's what happens. You get fired. Um, okay. Texas is an at will state. Yeah. And so that's just, that's just how it works. But man, I I can't anytime, anytime he does anything good, the, the, everybody just comes out of the woodwork to remind everyone how much tech screwed up 12 years ago. And I'm and so over it. It's I'm been, so sick of it. It's been long enough that like re- revisionist history is taking place. Like we had local radio hosts talking about how much fun it was during the lead era. Going seven and five every year was so much fun. Get the fuck out of here. You won <laughs> 10 games once. He was, you he talk was about like the, the greatness of leech. You were a seven and five team every year. Now I get recency bias of missing bowl game after missing bowl game, like not having good seasons. Everyone was a complaint because you fired Mike Leach. You weren't really all that great with Mike Leach. You had a couple good years. Yes. He was the winningest coach in, in uh, Texas tech history, I think, but it, you know, as far as wins are concerned, it's pretty low bar. Because a, you played four non-conference games. He never played anybody good. So to win seven games, he was going three and six or three and five yeah. in the Big 12. Every and I'm not year. knocking Spike. I mean, I, I liked I liked Spike. He was before my time, really. Yeah. He was be- but, for sure be- before mine. But he was, I mean, he he won, I think, the most football games until Leach came along. Uh, but it, I think yeah, it also not, had to do like, I, I don't want to like, I, I don't want to do some revisionist history and be like, well, Mike Leach is the winningest coach because he was here the longest. Like he, he was one of the longest tenure coaches at Texas tech. And yes, there was success there because he was unique and innovative in his time. Air raid. Absolutely. It's not really innovative. You, re, you like, like there are very few teams that run the air raid and they're not like hugely successful in terms of wins and losses. Like I'm excited about Zach Kitley. But like he does a whole lot more and brings a whole lot more than just I'm going to throw the same five plays at you every play. And they all, they, all, they all loved Mike Leach. Look at the little play sheet he's got. He just runs five plays. And they were saying the same about Lincoln Riley. Look how small his play sheet is. It's like, anyways, sorry. I got a Snapchat from my wife with like the, like the raised eyebrows. Boo's getting heated. Cause she could hear me across the house yelling. <laughs> with this. Well, we should change the subject. Let's yeah. talk about something else. Well, so I, I go back to the bowl game. I'm not, I'm Ugh, I hate going the back matchup. to it. I hate the matchup. I, without going into, into like a whole lot of research just yet, Texas tech pass defense weak, Mississippi state pass offense. Sorry. Yeah. Pass offense strong. Like it's going to be because the sec manufactured this. It's going to be ugly. You're going to lose this game and it's going to lose ugly. And I, that's one thing, but I hate that we're going to have to prepare for the large portion of the fan base. I'm like, oh man, I just really miss Mike Leach. Look, look at the great, look, that could be us. We, we could be really doing that. <laughs> we could All have right. gone six and six. Just like they Wait. did. <laughs> Dawson Deaton, DeMarcus Fields accepted invites to participate in the East West Shrine game. This is a, um, 
senior game to further uh, portray to show out what? to get ready for NFL draft for teams as they're going into professional organizations. What am I trying to say? One last exhibition of their talent and skills to get ready to go professional. Cody Campbell, you also know his name, gave $25 million of his own money. Thanks, Cody. To Tech Tech Athletics and Tech Tech Football. Um, one, Tech Tech is going to name the football field after him. And from what I've heard, they're doing it in the wrong order. It's going to be <laughs> like, it's going to be like, they're going to name the stadium first and then the field like Jones stadium and Cody Campbell field. Whereas like the baseball f- facility, it's Dan law field at rip Griffin park. Like well, you've got two names, right? Yeah. They do the field at park field at stadium, but it felt like the football was doing it backwards stadium with this field. I don't know if it will felt weird, but also kind of feels weird to name the stadium after somebody that's still living. Uh, and not that I, I, I don't hate it that we've got a couple of super wealthy individuals that have s- seemingly gotten to a, a donation competition between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Dex Dex is just in the middle. Like, yep, I'll take your dollar. I'll take your dollar. I'll take this because Dust, Dusty Womble gave all that money for the basketball training facility. Also gave a bunch of money for the football training facility. I think it was 20 million for the football, right? Yeah. A whole lot of money. It's awesome. Then Cody Campbell's like, yeah, watch this. I'll give 25 million. And this is going to be mainly for the South end zone, which is, it's going to be great. I love it. We we haven't seen any uh, renderings yet, but they're going to do, we're going to redo that South end zone building. They're going to put some suites out there. Um, I've heard to kind of expect kind of like that, uh, the end zone at TCU, how they've got some buildings, they've got suites, all that kind of stuff. Really just want to make sure we're not running out of a female reproductive organ like you would down there in Austin. Oh yeah. That the is, way they that did is the, an the interesting line. look. Yeah. So name the field after Cody Campbell and then they're going to get, they're going to, they're raised money or, you know, accruing money to do their construction and renovation in the South end zone, which has been on the master facilities for the Jones stadium for so, so long. All big 12 team was announced this week. I was surprised. I was not surprised that Jonathan Garibay was listed as a first team all big 12 kicker. 12 of 13 on the season, 62 yard winner for Iowa State. Um, was surprised though. He was the only one on the first or second team. There were, there were some on the on honorary mentions or honorable mentions. And may, maybe because there were so, much, so, many, so many stretches of silence from Ezukan, but I was like, he had to be up there somewhere. But he was not on, on the first or second team, all Big 12 team. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I felt like Schooler could have deserved a, a nod, but yeah, it, it must be just the inconsistencies of Ezukama. And, and that's partially because he played with three quarterbacks. I'm sure. But yeah, there, there were some, like you mentioned earlier on the pod and that we've gone back and forth over the years, the years, (laughs) the years, this football season has been pretty long people, but just how his uh, presence was really made just how it was just so up and down and the, the number of possessions he got and the number of targets he got was just 
all over the place. Sorry. I, so I'm sure that was a contributing factor. I was wrong. The only first team player you got was Jonathan Garibay. Second team, Eric, Eric Isaacomna was on second team. Okay, good. Uh, so was Dawson Deaton on the offensive line. Colin Schooler as a linebacker and DeMarcus Fields as a defensive back. Austin McNamara as your punter. You, you, had, you had several more on second team. I, I misremembered that. And then for honorable mentions, offensive line, Josh Berger, Dawson Deaton, Jonathan Garibay, Kalen Geiger, uh, Geiger, sorry, Jonathan Garibay, honorable mention for special teams player of the year. Dawson Deaton, O-line of the year. Who was first team punter? First team punter was Michael Turk from Oklahoma. What? That sounds Also, Cameron Dicker from Texas. They were both first team? Both first team punters. Why do you need two first team punters? This team, this team is weird. This doesn't, how many punters is on this team? Three? Two. One place kicker. Well, there's Jonathan a second Garibay. team. So second team punters, yeah, just one second team punter, Austin McNamara. So I wonder if there was a tie or something in their voting. So he was technically third? That just seems that just seems wrong. Anyways, Kalen Geiger, honorable mention for newcomer of the year. Jalen Hutchings, Rico Jeffers, Travis Kuntz, Reggie Pearson, TJ Stormont, God only knows how, Adrian Taylor-Demerson, Rashad Williams, defensive back and defensive newcomer of the year, and Tyree Wilson. Those are I don't understand mentions. newcomer of the year. That doesn't make any sense to me why Kuntz was named that. No, sorry, he, he wasn't. Oh, okay. Kuntz was honorable mention as a tight end. Oh, man. Okay. Josh Berger was offensive line. Dawson Deaton was offensive line of the year. I'm not sure what, what the difference is. Jonathan Garibay, special teams player of the year. Uh, Kalen Geiger, offensive newcomer of the year. Honorable oh. mentions, obviously. Jalen Hutchings, defensive line. Rico Jeffers, linebacker. Travis Coons, tight end. Reggie Pearson, defensive back. TJ Stormont, offensive line. Rabbit, defensive back. Rashad Williams, defensive back and defensive newcomer of the year. And Tyree Wilson, defensive line. Anyways, recruiting news. Biggest thing, former number one all-time recruit, whatever you want to call him. There's so many ways to list that. Quinn Ewers, transferring from Ohio State. Perfect score uh, as a recruit. Only one of a handful, including Robert Kimdichie, who played defensive line at Ole Miss. Um, Vince Young at Texas, among others. Uh, Transferring from Ohio State after being up there, graduating from high school a year early. And then getting up there, playing behind CJ Stroud and saying, oh, man, CJ Stroud's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that he's, he's getting away from competition, but like it's hard to supplant a guy like Stroud when he got basically every first team rep. Um, and he, he wants to play, which I understand. Players want to play. Uh, listed as it first came out, Texas, Texas Tech, and Texas A&M were of his top of his list. Pretty quickly came out that Texas A&M was not going to heavily pursue him as they were happy and set with their incoming five-star quarterback. What a place to be in. To say, hey, best quarterback of generation, you know what, we're not going to recruit you. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, so he came uh, on a, an official visit to Texas Tech this weekend. From all reports, went fairly well. Uh, and then visited TCU yesterday. Not in his top three. 
um, supposedly being you know, he's hosting uh, Texas Tech again in home here within the next couple of days, uh, visiting Texas. I think it's essentially down. Well, from what I heard, it's Texas or Texas Tech and then TCU. So you've got a good shot, but you're also going up against Texas, uh, who he was initially committed to at a high school at South Lake Carroll. Um, the other thing uh, is interesting is that Texas Tech has yet to have a player enter the the portal. Yeah, as of tonight. That's yes, and that that was something I thought. You know, you were talking about the the revolving door at coaching and who will or won't be on the sidelines in Memphis, but I mean, the players too. There's there's a good chance. I mean, there's a lot of time between now and what the 28th that players can declare and decide that they're going to go into the portal. I mean, I'm just really surprised it hasn't happened. I think that's a good sign, but uh, I'm just anticipating it's going to happen anytime now. And you know, why wouldn't it? I'm not, I'm not going to be all, you know, upset that people go into the transfer portal and try to do something different for themselves. I mean, it's going to be a, a lot of quarterbacks suddenly, especially if viewers is there. Um, so we could see some movement there, um, but it's, I'm just surprised it hasn't happened yet. And maybe that's a credit to McGuire and him trying to keep as many people here as he can. Yeah. I mean, the, as we mentioned, the, nobody yet. Um, we did see, so there is one Texas tech player officially in the portal. Kyron Cumby. He also transferred into Texas Tech from Illinois. Um, but this was as of no October 15th. So he entered the portal two months ago. So it's not like there's anything new. And then quickly, let's go over the 2022 football schedule. Um, September 3rd, Murray State. Don't like that. You're getting your return trip from Houston and play in the Jones. Uh, and then you hit the road to Raleigh, North Carolina, take on NC State. So those are your three non-conference games. Murray State, Houston, NC State. Then Big 12 play starts at home versus Texas. On the road at Kansas State. On the road at Oklahoma State. And then you get a bye week. And you get back-to-back home games. West Virginia, Baylor. In Fort Worth against TCU. Home versus Kansas at Iowa State. Home versus Oklahoma. Do you like ending the, the season at home? Yeah, I th- that's Thanksgiving especially weekend. Against OU. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Not a yeah. huge draw for a lot. So many people are going out of town. As, as somebody that went out of town on Thanksgiving this weekend, on Thanksgiving weekend this year, driving back, ton of cars coming back into Lubbock. So well, there are a lot I, of people I traveling. I think if you're going to have, because I remember going to school when it was always Baylor. Baylor was the game after Thanksgiving and Baylor was terrible and it was very sparse. People didn't go, but this is OU. And not only is this OU, this is the last time OU may play in Lubbock for ever any, any number of years. Yeah. I mean, there's no telling if they'll ever come back to Lubbock. I think that's going to weigh in on a lot of people. I think you're going to have, you know, a lot of the, the students that live in DFW, commute right back, you know, Friday night or Saturday morning or whenever it's announced. 
And I think it'll be a good crowd for a Saturday after Thanksgiving Day, Day game in Lubbock. That is, especially if McGuire's got this thing rolling. Tech's got seven or eight wins at the time or something. You never know. I mean, that that's going to be even more, you know, but if, if, if we come to the end of the year and we're, what, what would the math be? Four and seven. Uh, <laughs> and Oklahoma's coming to town. It may be pretty, pretty low, but I like it. I think it's the best chance to get butts back in seats after Thanksgiving because that has historically been an issue. Are these really the questions that I? Wow. <laughs> Let's get button. to them. Let's get to the questions. Yeah, man. for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to get We've to the questions. Going a while. <laughs> I missed the volume button. I hit the play button. So, yeah, uh, uh, let's get to your questions. We got one from Kyle, and I want to get to that, and then we'll get to what we learned and get out of here because we're approaching two hours. So it's just how we do. <laughs> We've got multiple sports and a bowl game, all this kind of stuff, and I don't really want to bug Michael to record several times a week. So let's get to your questions and what we learned and wrap this thing up. Now. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so I said we had one from Kyle. Uh, you asked, we'll, we'll have your Tech Tech Tennessee instant reaction night along with football coaching updates, thoughts on the Liberty Bowl, and latest we've heard on the sources on the recruiting trail. Anything we're missing, drop it here. One, Michael, I love how you put air quotes on sources. This has been the season of outing people that have subscriptions to Red Raider Sports or Inside the Red Raiders that have Insider in their Twitter handle that will copy and paste something they hear from a premium board to Twitter to get followers, to be that kind of person. Like sources. If you're claiming sources, you're, you're working in journalism. You would think, but we've had a lot of people that pay for their access and then turn around and say, I have sources. Yeah. Yeah. That gets really old. Really annoying. So that's definitely why I put sources in quotes. I love it. No, I'm here for it. Apparently, or sorry, supposedly uh, one of the editors of one of these sites called out these these kinds of people. One yeah. specifically, which I loved. Loved to well, hear about it. And, and you know, a lot of, I, I'd put sources in quotes because stuff gets passed along around us. And some of and, it is from those sites and some of it's, hard to keep up with, you know, like family friends, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not knocking people that come to us and say, here's what I've heard. Um, ultimately like it's been really interesting to follow the, the Quinn Ewers sources stuff. Cause like one person will say he's deciding today or text tech's locked him up. We're, we're finalizing the NIL deals now. And then on Twitter, another credible source will say, don't expect a decision within the next few days. Yeah. Or it's just kind of all over the place. Yeah. So Anyways. yeah, we, we don't have, uh, we, we are not going to be breaking anything We're unless not. somehow we stumble into like, that's just like, like, even if we did though, I, I would, I would feel so gun shy, like to believe anything after all of the stuff that we've heard from Matt Wells being fired till today to yeah. run with anything and say breaking. 
breaking. That's like not, we that's know not we, beyond we, a shadow of a doubt this is happening. If we use but, the word breaking in a tweet, we're being facetious. Yeah, every single that. time. <laughs> Kyle Lang, I'm sure you'll cover thoughts on viewers joining an already crowded QB room. So we didn't we didn't cover that aspect of the viewers recruitment. Um one, I don't think it hurts your recruiting. I'm oh, sorry. I don't think it hurts your quarterback room to go after a guy like this. I would hope the guys in that room are self-aware enough to look at yours and be like, it makes total sense for the team I play for, team I want to play for, to go after the best available talent. I, I get, if I wasn't self-aware enough, that, yes, that would suck. It would be kind of eye-opening and heartbreaking or whatever you want to say. Like they don't believe in me, but also when you've got a, a verified talent that is one of the best ever and you your squad's legit shot at landing him, you'd be like, go get him. Right. Yeah. I would, I would hope so. I mean, I'd hope that would be the, the, the thought process there. Um, the, the, I mean, I think you grab that's if, if you've got someone like that interested in your school, you try to get them. It's that simple. Sure. You don't, you don't turn your nose up and go, nah, we're good. We don't we're have pulling an a We're not A&M over here with. Yeah. yeah. So the, the danger is you alienate your current players and then don't land this guy. Yeah. Um, but also, so like who you've got now, Tyler Shuck, probably coming back. Henry Columbia, can come back. He's got one more year year of eligibility available to him. Donovan Smith would assume he's coming back. Baron Morton, I have no idea. And then blank on his name. There's one more, and I hate that I'm doing this right now. There's one more quarterback on your roster that you legit were excited about, you know, at least a year ago. It's not Maverick McIver, is Maverick it? Maverick McIver, yes. Oh, okay. McIver. McIver. Does the currently named football staff seem light on experience? No. I don't think so. Well, okay. So your offensive coordinator has two years of experience as offensive coordinator. But I have, a, like, no, he has not at the power five level. Like, I understand that, that concern. But he was top. 10 and basically every off like advanced offensive statistical category out there against every school out there. His staff built like around player uh, around people that have done it before. Stephen Hamby's not, not, not just coming off the street being offensive line coach. Their offensive line at Western Kentucky was nasty. Um, Emmett Jones, like we hired him out of high school eight years ago. And we like to say like, it wasn't that big of a deal when he left us for Kansas, but you saw the immediate impact he had on the Kansas roster when he was recruiting a bunch of guys out to Kansas. You're like, man, we should have been on that guy. And they went to Kansas. What, what are we doing? I- Emmett Jones. Yeah. I remember feeling that way. Now I remember feeling that, that Kansas should hire him as head coach or, or something. Some, Cause sure. he seemed like he was, yeah. I, I mean, so I'm glad he's getting, I'm glad he's back. Now the, the, the strength and conditioning coach, strength and conditioning coach, sorry, on hour two, apparently I start slurring, but I just, I think that's maybe one of the bigger question marks, but he's 
been around. He's a, like a, I think he's a former Marine. I think he's been doing this in some shape or form since 07. So he has experience similar to Kitley in the fact that he's been around a program and been a part of one for a long time. Um, but hasn't been handed the reins fully until now. No, I mean, you know, obviously Kitley's not that way. He was handed the reins fully two years ago, but yeah, the, it might be some, some age there and you might be talking about some of the other guys. Um, I, I can't speak to the tight ends coach cause I didn't realize he was completely hired until while we were recording. So I'm not sure about Josh Cochran, but yeah, I mean, they, they are kind of younger, but we'll, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm fine with it. That, that, there was a thought there early on that McGuire was just going to hire a bunch of his friends and buddies off of the Baylor staff. They're going to, He's going to take a bunch of uh, GAs and assistants or like quality control guys and make them position coaches. Uh, and you saw that with one guy, right? With, 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 with Bookbinder. Um, so I'm not, well, I'm and not overly concerned. Well, and guy. Yeah, but still like he, he's, he's been on SNC staffs before. It's not like he's just, just some guy that likes to work out. Like, okay, I want you to be in charge of the nutrition of our football team. <laughs> some guy team. that likes to work out. <laughs> so, and then last question, Kyle, where is the best place to get a taco in Lubbock these days? Um, this is probably gonna be disappointing, Michael. I'm sorry. I don't, there are great local places, but when I first read this, I thought about Torchies. Okay. That's Yeah. Torchies is really good. I I do like it. I will give you a local one though. Oh please, let's hear. Taqueria y oh Panaderia Guadalajara. Okay, sorry. So I, I That's not the one. Basically, I basically we just I think you cut out the the panaderia part, which I forget what that means. I think it's like pastry or bakery. I'm about to say that that's bakery. So usually I just drop it down to Taqueria Guadalajara, and that is right by the school. It is um, just west of 19th. Well, it's on 19th. It's just west of 19th and uh, Q. Is that right? I'm trying to look it up to make sure I'm not wrong here. Yeah. And man, it is good. We've gotten their tacos a few times. They have, they have the special, they, they do the Berea tacos, which I've been really wanting to try. I haven't tried them from there, but they, they do this great taco special where I think it's like 30 street tacos. You can pick different meats. Um, and you know, depending on which meats you get, you get a little bit different topping, you know, of course the, the white onion and cilantro is up there, but then they give it to you in a pizza box. So it's like this circle of just like 30 tiny little tacos. Are you, you putting away 30 pick, tacos, Michael? It's about 30, <laughs> <laughs> but you Come can, on. but you can pick them up and, uh, you know, take those home or whatever you want. But that, that's where I've found some really good tacos so far in town. Cause I'll admit, even when I go to, um, when I go to local places like Taqueria Atlan or Taqueria Lisco. Uh, yeah. Or, or this, what's the other place we like to go? Is it Aranda's? I'm not, I'm Aranda's not a huge. Good, so is Picante's across the street. Yes. Yes. As much as I like Tex-Mex and Mexican food and I do like tacos, I don't order them very much. It's when I'm right. at a place like that, I, I want a, usually like a place of enchiladas. I usually want enchiladas. Maybe, I'll, maybe it comes with a beef taco. Fine. I I'm, I'm looking for enchiladas and Rianos and, 
and stuff like that. So I've, I'm probably not the best guy to ask because uh, I usually go for more. Um, I don't go for tacos as much when I'm out, but man, Taqueria Guadalajara can definitely testify to that one. That one's awesome. Yeah. I was, I was looking up something else um, when you, we talked about that. I was, I was reminded we went as a, as an office to La Serena for a, a like a holiday outing. Um, oh, we hadn't been out there yet. And I was, I was supremely disappointed because I don't like things fancified up for no reason. Like Mexican food. I'm sorry. That to me, it's like, that's like trying to make chicken fried steak fancy. Like you, you don't mess with the down home comfort level food that I, I associate with Tex-Mex food. And that I understand that that's a personal projection here. That's Spencer <clears throat> saying, I like hole in the wall Tex-Mex and La Serena is not that, but I remember we went and I got what was listed as enchiladas. It's no longer on the menu that came out as essentially a salad. And I was legitimately mad. <laughs> I, I did not eat it. I left there and got freaking Whataburger on my way home. <laughs> it was like a $30 plate of air quote enchiladas. And it was basically stacked enchiladas over salad. Why would you put, I mean, I, I get the guacamole salad and stuff. And my wife has a thing about warm lettuce, which I get. That is a weird thing for a lot of people. I don't mind it, but yeah, maybe it's always on the side though. You can usually work around it. It's not like, I've never seen that. Anyways, it's no longer on the menu, so you don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Um, All right, well, let's let's get to what we learned and then wrap this thing up. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. Yeah, man, we're pushing on a full two hours, so... I will be quick. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to skip this part. I'm just let Michael go here. <laughs> okay. You could probably just start the music if you want. I learned that as opposed to the fossil smartwatch I've been wearing the last couple of years, I, or I just gave up on it because it quit working and my wife had been using a Fitbit. So I got a Fitbit Versa and it's been awesome and it will hold a charge longer than one day. I was charging my fossil like every day. This thing, I can go like five days. Nice. And it does I am, everything I want. I'm in the market probably for an Apple Watch. Uh, I've like gone all in. Anyways, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personal Podcast. We're getting you ready for the bowl game, basketball for Michael and Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.